morning, brothers and sisters. It's a joy to be here uh, in Nieri. It's a joy to see the church growing, the church being brought uh, closer and closer to uh, Christ and further and further away from the world. And as we begin a new year, I want to go over uh, a part of the Bible that talks about newness, talks about being a new creation, talks about being new in Christ. And as we think about the new year, as we think about um, what the new year entails, what it gives to us, um, a lot of times I like to think of it as, as a cloud, as a cloud that's above uh, the heavens here or above us. It is a white cloud. It is pure. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong. There's no rain forming. There's sun bursting through. There's our, our new hope bursting through. There's this new um, wind of joy. There's this new expectations of change. There's new hope. There's new um, expectations that we can grow in our faith and the world can grow maybe in their careers, maybe in their prosperity, whatever it may be. And in the beginning of the year, this always happens. There's a, a, a new belief that maybe I will finally go to the gym more than just a week in the beginning of the year. There's a belief that maybe I will go... Uh, and learn the scriptures better than I need to be. There's a belief that maybe I will get better at school or university so that I can become a better person. And we see this in the beginning of the year, right at the end of December and that little week of Christmas to December where this there's this little period of this joy. There's a radiance everywhere. Everyone's in a happy mood. Everyone's giving gifts. Everyone's thinking that something's going to change. And then you see this beautiful cloud kind of storm away and, and start to dissipate a little. So by the middle of January, we all remember and realize that we still live in a broken and a sinful world. We still all remember that as even though as believers that we will grow, we know that it's not easy. We know that in Christ we have hope, but we don't see it a lot in our life. We start to realize that there's still things exist uh, like robberies, like corruption, like sin. And we realize this very quickly in our life. Usually we actually see this quicker than the good in our life. We usually see the bad before we see the good. And then all the goals, all the dreams, all the things you had on January 1st, by the middle of January, they kind of start to dissipate. And then by the middle of March in that new year, there's barely a, this cloud hanging over. The earth now. People now remember that we do still live in the same world. We are still the same corrupt people. We are still the same sinful people. And then you truly forget about all those dreams and desires you had at the beginning of the year. Why? Because we remember the world we live in. And sadly, by our own admissions, by our own life, we can see how bad the world truly is. And yet, as believers, we live with a living hope. We live with a hope in Christ that is greater than the world can offer us. And as believers, we're also be called in uh, Philippians not to be anxious and, and to rejoice. And again, he says to rejoice. But as we see in our life, even though we stress on, even though we climb, even though we try to go this path for the prize in the end, a lot of times in our own lives, we see where it all falls apart. And sadly, the world shows us this. 
Instead of seeing the new, instead of seeing what Christ offers us, a lot of times we fall back into the old. Maybe it's old sin, maybe it's old foolishness, maybe whatever it could be. But instead of looking at Christ and the newness of the life that he's given us and the new way of thinking and the new conscience that he's given us of thinking, we fall back to the old. And uh, I think that the devil probably celebrates probably in the middle of February by looking at Christians in the world because he sees that instead of going out and discipling all the nations and, and baptizing all the people that we're sitting at home brokenhearted because of another failed relationship because of another sin that's come up, because of something else that's happened. And the devil celebrates because Christians take away the living hope we have and turn to the world. Yet, and this is the most wonderful part, brothers and sisters, yet we have Christ. And we are people that are supposed to live with that living hope that we're talking about. And there's a verse in the Bible and what we're going to be talking about today that goes into that, that shows us who we are in Christ, that shows us that we do have a hope and that we do have a new joy to be living with in this year, the next, and whenever. So I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we will read verses 11 through 21 for context, uh, but verse 17 will be the main text. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For uh, if we are besides ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God. We was uh, that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and, entrust, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for everything you give to us in life. I thank you that you are holy and perfect in all your ways, Lord, and you have given us this word, Lord, that we can dwell on it, that we can learn from it, Lord. And I pray that um, the Spirit leads me, Lord. I pray that the people don't remember what I speak, Lord, or remember me in any way, but truly remember you, Lord, and their life is changed for your glory alone. And I pray this all in your glorious, holy, perfect name, Lord. 
Amen. Amen. So let us look at the points here that we can see about being a new creation, being something new in Christ. So the first point that is brought out in this text, and specifically in verse 17, is the old. We see the old. Specifically, it's actually not presented in a negative way. Here it's presented in a uh, positive way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. So we're already talking about being in Christ. So we look at the old. What is the old? He's not talking about old people, older people who we try to respect and, and say they're the wise people in life. No, it's clear from here and from, through the scriptures that he is talking about our old self, our old belief, our old heart. And because we're talking about a new creation, this means the old creation. What is the old creation? What is it? Truly, it's the broken, the flimsy, the weak, the useless, the sinful, and the fallen. This is us. This is how we are described before we come to Christ and our new creation. Even though we were created in the image of God, even though he created us truly to be conformed to him because of original sin, because of total depravity, because of everything that led Adam and Eve to fall, we are also born sinners. We are not perfect or righteous before God. So we are in the new old state, we can say, if we are not in Christ. We are live in a world truly, and we can all sadly see this. We live in a world that is also broken and hurting and, and trying to find its way, but it never po is pointed to Christ because the, everyone truly is living in the old creation. And sadly, the sinful human condition, this old that is passed away if you are in Christ, but is not passed if you are not in Christ. This old, this sinfulness, we see this daily in our life. We see this in so many aspects. And um, the one that I chose to, to look into is one that happened last year. It was a headline in, in actually in China. It was a, a headline in communist China on their main, uh, on their main newspaper. And they posted this online and I'll just read it. Uh, just so you, um, without context, maybe you won't think anything bad of it. Maybe you'll think, well, good, they're describing someone. So it was the birthday celebration of Mao Zedong, and they posted a headline that said something close and pertaining to, he, uh, he always had a beautiful smile uh, that he always had on his face. So imagine reading that in a newspaper. Just you're scrolling through, you're on your phone, whatever, and you just see the headline, this person always had a beautiful smile on their face. And maybe if you don't know who the person is, you'll, be, you'll just scroll right past. But the person they're describing, the person they're trying to articulate that's a good person, the person they're saying had a beautiful smile was a person by the name of Mao Zedong. This is the person, if you know any history at all, this is the person who started the Cultural Revolution in China, who started communism in China. And because of this one man, I'm going to say this is because this is, this is truly terrible. Because of this one man's policies, because of what he did, more than 65 million people died and perished. Million, not 65, not even one person, which already would be a murderer. 65 
million people perished, especially, sadly, Christians, our brothers and sisters in China, because they tried to bring in communism or socialism in such a horrific way and tried to change their culture in such a horrific way that for him, people were just the goal, just to get to his goal. They, he didn't care who perished. And the sinfulness, the, the audacity of a newspaper to then write for this man's birthday, he always had such a beautiful smile on his face. Think about how horrible that is. The world we live in is having some newspaper somewhere type in, oh, what a beautiful smile. Look at that smile for a man whose policies, whose life, whose everything about him led to the perishing, to the truly sad and, and terrible death of more than millions. That's more than most of the wars combined in the 20th century, which is already considered the most bloody as the more war-driven century in human history. And this one man did all that. And here we are as people celebrating. There are people that celebrated this man's birthday because of his cult-like figure, because of who he was. And we see how sin leads to that. 